All right, guys, welcome to another episode of Athletic Mindset. I'm here with my friend Bob Glover. Uh, Bob swam at Indiana University, uh, class of 2017. Um, just growing up in Nebraska, made his way to swimming at IU and found himself just after graduation being one spot away from making the U.S. national team. Uh, so super excited to have this guy on here. He doesn't think he's a big deal in swimming, but I do. Uh, so without further ado, Bob, welcome, man. It's good to have you. Thank you. Thanks Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Um, going into things here, kind of what's your background in sports? Did you always do swimming, just solely swimming? Did you have other sports growing up or...? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, growing up as a kid, you know, in Nebraska, I've pretty much played every single sport, football, basketball, baseball, cross country, swimming, um, you know, kind of just everything across the board. I'd say I always was pretty good at sports, but, um, you know, kind of overall kind of picked swimming in, in middle school and high school uh, once I realized I could be pretty good at it. And, you know, that for me came with... Uh, being about seventh grade and a senior in high school at the time had just got a scholarship to go to a smaller D2 school, but I was better than him. And that was how I figured out it might be uh, worthwhile something to stick with. So <laughs> it's a pretty good feeling being that young and, and competitive with guys in high school, let alone seniors in high school. It's not very common, I would say. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's- <laughs> It's, it's one of those things. It was just you know, swimming is what I wanted to do and what I enjoyed. Um, you know, definitely a little bit of an outlet for some things I was going through. And, you know, but I think that's kind of that fire in the belly certainly gets you a long way. So, Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, it sounds like, I mean, you were good in high school. You weren't the standout swimmer that you turned out to be. You definitely got way better. Mm-hmm. And your collegiate level. So take me through that like college recruiting process, what took you from like where you were and how did that shape your, guess, your options and your decision to eventually end up at IU? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So my college recruiting story is a little bit different than kind of the you know typical path to where I potentially ended up. Uh, now what I mean by that is I'm from Nebraska. Um, I know Omaha, Nebraska, and that is kind of the backwaters of, of swimming, so to speak. You know, all the best swimmers live in L.A. or San Francisco or, you know, Florida, wherever it is. It's it's not Nebraska. Um, and so you know, I was pretty good as a kid. Um, about 15, I had a bit of a breakthrough, got a little bit national interest um, from fringe top 25 schools. And then as a junior, that's for context, that is the big year in swimming recruiting at that point in time and I got mono and I got really really sick and I wasn't able to perform the way that I wanted to Um, as a result I wasn't getting the full interest that I thought I should and I went and kind of hit the road and you know made emails and made cold calls to coaches to get myself recruited with kind of just my story of where I was where I thought I could go and what that would look like, you know, potential-wise. And I really sold myself into going to IU, basically. Um, And so I was able to line up a few visits based on video and and potential. And at the end of that summer at Junior Nationals, I had a a really good summer, uh, finished top eight there. Um, And that's what ultimately kind of sealed the deal as, you know, getting scholarship offers from higher-level programs. 
uh, kind of went through the whole recruiting trip process, talked to the coaches, just got a, a great feel at Indiana University, who was a top 10 team at that point in time, and you know, ended up committing in the fall there. So that, that's kind of my that's, recruiting story. <laughs> it, it's got to be tough coming from an area, like you mentioned, not huge and not really well known for producing high level uh, recruits and all that. It's almost like you had to, like you said, go out and do the reaching out to these coaches. Um, how do you handle that? Because you know you're good. You you competed, you fin- had good finishes at these national level meets. Mm-hmm. It's got to be a little frustrating not getting that, that attention, maybe because of where you're located. Yeah. How do you I- deal with that? Yeah, absolutely. So you know, I just think you deal with it really. You know, there's there's two ways. Um, you know, one that will help that helped me get a lot of fire in the belly. So you know, we used to work out. You know, for swimming and like structured coaching practice, you know, quite a bit. But I, mean, I used to do a ton of stuff on my own. Um, you know, kind of that intrinsic motivation and just you know. We used to come home from practice, that'd be two hours, and I'd work out on there two hours on my own, completely separate from what my structured coaching, you know, had me be, had me do. And I think just kind of that mindset, you know, to one, work hard and, and be ready for when that opportunity does come. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably the first piece of that. And, and then the next piece was really, you know, in this age of, of video and, um, you know, email and kind of everything else and, and you know, way we're connected, you can reach out and get those, you know, get that attention in other ways as well. And, and I think that kind of combination of the whole thing is, is what worked for me. And then when I did get my opportunity, I didn't miss it. I think that's kind of probably a huge piece. That'd be the huge piece of life for yeah. me right there. You right? Just, it's tough because for those that don't know, in swimming really, it boils down to really one or two meets a year. You train your ass off day in and day out. And it's not like a basketball or a football where you can just go out and have this, you know, exceptional performance every weekend or every other day. In some cases, you look at the LeBrons, like he's putting up crazy numbers every day. Um, swimming, you're, you're beat up most of the time. And you have to key in on those one or two opportunities where you rest and your body's really ready. Uh, how do you deal with that pressure of knowing like you have one or two shots a year and if you miss it you you have to wait another six months until you have a chance to go for it again yeah absolutely so even you know at this point in time um, I spent my junior year going to my senior year of high school um, this is when coaches are allowed to you know call us take you know we're setting up official visits to get recruited and ultimately decide on scholarship dollars which you know, at that point in my life and where our family was, I was you know, pretty still recently after the recession. You know, I needed that. That was something that we were. That was very important for us. Um, you know, I had a brother that's 16 months younger than me, and he needed to go to college as well. And there was something there was a little bit more pressure there. Um, so, like, like I said, it's when it comes to dealing with pressure on a big stage and competing for something that you're not going to have another opportunity for it all, all boils down to your preparation so confidence to me is derived from your preparation so i knew that i worked extremely hard to get myself prepared for that opportunity and so when you're behind the blocks or you know 
before a big basketball game, before a big playoff game, or before a big meeting. It's what have I done beforehand that you know your stuff, you know you're ready to go, and you have positive self-talk. Mm. And you know, kind of the, to get back to the theme of the podcast here, but that to me would be the biggest mindset-specific thing is positive self-talk and that self-belief that you're going to get the job done. Um, if you ever have a negative thought, you should just kick that out to the curb because it's not doing you any good. Um, and so I, I will always, I'll never forget, I'm standing there behind the blocks and I'm trying to make the top final at Junior Nationals, which is deciding my future, how much money, how much money I'm going to go. get, <laughs> yeah, where I can go to school, how much money I'm going to get. And I'm looking up in the stands and every college coach who's recruiting me at that particular time is standing there watching. And they're making evaluations based on where their limited resources are going to go scholarship-wise. And I'm sitting there, standing right behind the block and saying, all right, like I got this. You put the work in for it and just have a positive self-talk track and just say, let's go and let's ride. And that's, I mean, at the end of the day, that's kind of the athlete mentality, but you have to have it to make it work in, the, in that world. Yeah. It's interesting you talk about that preparation. I had a coach in, in high school that his famous pre-meet, pre-taper meet speech was it was a visual of a ladder and you pictured yourself on this ladder and he said your training determined where you were on this ladder now you could be super high up because you you put in the work you're there but when it comes to your performance there's a you're climbing this ladder to get an apple from a tree now the higher up more training you are the higher up you are on this ladder but at the end of the day, the ladder still falls a little bit short of that apple, and you have to make that jump mm-hmm. from that ladder. Yeah. Now, you, it might be a higher jump for some than others. I'll describe what it's like, though, to go through that jump, to just really just go out and go for it. Yeah. Goals. Yeah, I, mean, I would say it's, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot of people would say that's kind of your, your breakthrough moment, so to speak. You know, when you, you did something that surprised yourself, whether it's in a sport or a career or whatever, whatever it might be. Um, you know, for me, that going from where I was to then getting to Indiana University with you know, the particular college program, that was a big breakthrough for me um, you know, in life. I got to go do a lot of amazing things there that were extremely challenging in its own right, but... You know, that kind of that initial breakthrough of just making it there. Uh, it's a great feeling. It's a great feeling. A lot, of, a lot of years of really hard work that paid off for it. Yeah, definitely. Um, so transitioning now to your time at IU, uh, you shared with me a Swim Swam article. For those of you who don't know, Swim Swam is uh, one of those web-based forums that's literally all dedicated to swim news. Um, and you, you felt disrespected by this article. They kind of, if you want to share it with these guys. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, your thoughts after reading it. Yeah, absolutely. So I still, to this day, I'm 24 years old. And at this time of this article, I was 18. And I still have it screenshotted on my phone to this day. Um, and I do that just because I rem- it remind, it's a reminder of kind of where I've come from and how far you know, I made it. But it's never ending you know it's still something there's always somebody else that's chasing you so um basically this is a kind of recruiting summary recap of the class that we brought in and it's my freshman class that uh third party people are commenting on uh basically they just said you know the other guys in this class are bob glover and someone else you know and they said the team really could have used 
a future backstroker, which for those who don't know was my position um, in this class, and that will have to be a key recruiting target in the fall. Next year. Um, it would be a coup if they could get another individual who was an in-state recruit um, because that would have solved the backstroke problem for years to come. Now, for context, I was recruited as replacement to two first-team All-Americans, and I was supposed to be that backstroke uh, spot replacement and kind of solve that problem. So, you know, here... You had some doubters out there that, didn't yeah. that you could replace these guys. Yeah, definitely. So I go from being recruited and, and doing well to, you know, six months later being called out by essentially in our world, something world is ESPN... <laughs> for not having the problem solved um, at 18. Is it a little humbling, or at that age, is it kind of yeah. not detrimental to your, your success, but you definitely, I mean, obviously it affected you. You still have the yeah. screenshot, <laughs> but I think you were able to take a positive spin on it and use it as fuel for, for your career. Yeah, I mean, so it's kind of like this. You know, going from, it's like, you know, I'm from, like I said, I'm, I keep keep coming back to this, but being from Nebraska and, and going to a program like Indiana University was a world, worlds apart. Um, we went from relatively you know, small time feel and you kind of being the big fish in a small pond to being a small fish in a big pond. And, you know, frankly, I really struggled for two years. You know, I didn't get, the, didn't get the job done for two years when I was there. Um, and, and that was to, due to a whole host of reasons. Um, but ultimately was able to, to figure it out and, you know, became a four-time All-American and a four-time Big Ten champion and I ended up missing the national team, which is fine in itself. Um, you know, it was a great experience, but kind of that initial way things got started, it definitely wouldn't have thought that was going to go that direction. So, yeah. um, so what was that experience like though, coming into this top program, you Back home, you were this big deal. You were probably the man from your club team, your high school team. No one was beating you, probably even in your off events, correct? Or yeah, maybe more, more, more or less, yeah, more or less. So what's that transition from that kind of environment to now not only are you losing, but you're, you're probably losing to kids on your team as well because they all came from that same situation. Yeah, I mean, I was, getting, I was getting thumped. <laughs> yeah, I was getting getting absolutely destroyed in practice every single day. Um, so I think it's, you know, I, when I got to Indiana, I was 18 and not even close to being ready physically or skill set wise. Um, you know, swimming's not not really like basketball where you have freshmen that are one and done. So that's very rare in the sport of college swimming. Um, and I think just for me, like I just needed more time to be physically ready to actually do this. I needed to grow up and be a little bit more mature as well um, to ultimately make it there. And then I think the last piece of the puzzle was, and, and the stuff that did apply were you know, with the drive and the intrinsic motivation. I mean, you got to want to do it, right? You got to want to put in the work. I and mean, we did, you know, there's a points in times where I was doing 15 workouts a week at Indiana over 30 yeah. hours of practice, structured practice the, time. There's not an easy one. And there, no, <laughs> none, of them, none of them are easy. And a, you know, a little bit of background as well. In 2016, we put 13 people to the Olympics. Um, you know, it's... You're, That's you're, nearly half your team. 
It's a large portion, yeah. And it's one of those things where, you know, it, you're surrounded by really successful people and you kind of have to go figure it out being some kid. <laughs> now, were you not afraid to race these guys? What was your mindset going in and, and seeing a guy like a, like a Cody Miller or someone mm-hmm. like that? Like, you know their success. You know their accomplishments. Mm-hmm. Did you embrace that at practice? Were you like, hey, I'm going to go out and just try to hang with this dude? Whoever it may be. Yeah, I mean, you, know, you always got to be competing. Um, and I think that is very much so... Well, that's really depends on a lot. And I think the first piece it depends on is you got to have a, a champion mindset, right? So what is the, what do I mean by that? You, know, you can just survive and get through four years and spend four years on the team and do your thing and have a great college experience and be a part of the team and all that good stuff. But that doesn't ultimately get you anywhere in life, right? Just kind of making it by paycheck to paycheck or practice to practice. And where you can try and thrive and make the most out of that opportunity and kind of risk it and kind of take that gamble and test yourself and see how far you make it. Um, it, It's really... I went into Indiana not knowing if I was going to be able to do that, to compete at that level, because it was known as a very difficult program to swim for training-wise and and everything like that. So, you know, it's just kind of that mindset of you got to be willing to risk it all to kind of get anywhere. And, you know, training with some of the top people in the world in my particular events, yeah, I mean, it's intimidating, but there's also a lot to learn from them. And it's also, well, there's also, in the country, there's also a lot of challenges um, that go along with that as well, just being able to hang up, hang in practice, and, and do what you got to do. Um, I knew in my experience, I mean, Delaware is nowhere near the, the level of prestige of program um, as IU, that's for sure. But I used to love pushing my teammates in practice by almost getting under their skin and, and knowing if I was racing a sprinter, I was a distance swimmer. But I'm going to I'm gonna try to hang with our 50 freestyle guys and 100 freestyle guys in these sprints in practice. Because I know if I'm anywhere near these guys, I'm getting in their head that our top miler is almost beating me in a 50. They're kind of like, what the heck is going on? Do you kind of... Would you challenge yourself in practice pushing... Like picking those guys that you knew were better than you in some stuff and being not afraid to just go after it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of a given, you know, if you want to make it to that point. Um, I mean, I think that's just something you have to do. You have to be able to compete. You know, one of the best pieces of advice I ever got in my four years and still cry, really, excuse me, across my life has been from uh, Mike Westfall. I was our associate head coach, and Mike told me, a um, little bit of background on this real quick, is we recruited a All-American high school backstroker every single year I was at Indiana. Um, so there was a lot so of... they were comp- kind of looking for replacements. Yeah, years. there was a lot of competition in the backstroke room, uh, you know, position group, so to speak. Um, and you know, my coach said, finally one day, he yanks me up out of practice I'm having a bad day I'm just not feeling it um, kind of wanted to mail this one in right and he yanks me up out of practice and goes Bobby if I were you this is what I would do I would not let any of these guys beat you in a single repetition ever and you know why it's because I need you to crush their soul on it 
I need you to just rip their hope out of taking this position from you. And you need to own this for the team and for yourself. And I kind of sat there and sort of stood there initially and just looked at him and just said, like, oh shit, like this guy's not even, he's being completely serious about (laughs) this and talking about other athletes he coaches. Um, And ultimately that's what I did. You know, I didn't lose a single repetition for the next six months to any of those particular people. Um, unfortunately, those people did transfer um, as well. But I think, you know, it's, you got to be cutthroat sometimes. And, you know, for me, I went from my first two years of college, I was, my best finish at Big Tens was 18th. Um, so I was 18th amongst college swimmers in the Big Ten Conference at my position. And then the next year, I got second in the conference to then the next year after that, I placed sixth in the entire United States with professionals, everything, everybody all in. Um, so it just really kind of does come down to that mindset of winning every single rep every day and then yeah. being prepared. That really does come back it's, to that. It's fascinating you touch on the term, like take their souls. Yeah. Uh, there's a Navy SEAL out there that, uh, you know, wrote a book and touched on that as well he's like at some point when you're in competition when you're racing or whatever it may be that you're you're competing in there's going to be a point where you can just dig a little deeper and you can literally yank that hope out from other people i remember at delaware to this day my my favorite practice was i had a coach that pitted us against one other person on the team and he decided to have 30 50s all out race and he wrote up your and your like head-to-head rival up on the board and he kept score for all 30 and after each single one he would say okay like so-and-so one you know so-and-so nothing and the guy that I got paired up with you know I I beat him on the first five so I said you know I'm gonna keep going beat him on the next five next thing I know I'm 10 and 0 against him it gets to the point where we're 20 reps in I haven't lost a single race He's turning to, this guy's turning to me saying, hey, can you just let me win one? Can you, can you take it easy? I look at him, I go, absolutely not. I'm 10 wins away from going to perfect 30, and oh, I'm going for it. And, you know, I turned it on, and I, I got all 30 on this guy. And, you know, it was just kind of, yeah. that's how you had to approach it, uh, which is very similar to kind of how you found yourself in, you know, I didn't do that for six months, but I did <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, also, I think that kind of is kind of interesting to say because you got to be okay with doing that to somebody as well, which who might be your friends and you might be yeah. good friends outside, you know, the competition sphere. But I mean, that's reality. If you want to make it ahead, you know, in a today a, a really competitive world and you know, getting more and more competitive as the world goes, I mean, you got to be okay with doing that. Yeah, and I think that's something we're both okay. That's also I, why we're friends. <laughs> I think, yeah, what is fascinating about swimming and a lot of sports you see people that are really good friends outside of sports but no matter what don't get it twisted when you're in the competition there's no friends it's like i'm beating you i'm trying to beat you but you know at the same time your teammates you're happy for your teammate to do well as well um which is interesting talk about your college experience, so I'm assuming I had to make sacrifices, assuming you did too, throughout your college experience. What was it like juggling the schoolwork and swimming at such a high level throughout your career there? Yeah, I mean, 
you know, for, for me, most of the, the sacrifices came. It, it kind of, my first two years, you know, I didn't sacrifice as much as probably as I needed to, to, to make it work. Um, and, you know, we, we kind of broke it up into maybe three or four buckets of really what you have to sacrifice from. So your first part was you know, your athletic career, um, your training, everything else like that. The second piece was, you know, your academics. And then, you know, third being your social life. Um, and my first two years and you know, my social life was probably a, a little bit more than it should have been to good, good priority. Yeah. To, good. to be at you know, the level I wanted to be. And then, you know, my school was, I was always, you know, decent in school. Um, and have a super difficult degree and I wasn't a science major or anything like that. So I had a little <laughs> bit easier time in that regard for sure. Um, so I was just kind of weighing that balance and weighing your priorities. And I think in college, it's really easy to have distractions. Um, you know, I use a pretty, it's a big state school. It's got a, a very lively party scene. Um, and, and just kind of working through that as an athlete and not getting, you know, you, you got to make decisions at the end of the day, right? Do you want to go out and do this on a Friday, Saturday or something during the week, which is something I never really did. Um, or do you want to, you know, be serious and, and take care of yourself and, you know, and ultimately with the goals of you know, reaching the ultimate level of athletics you want to be. Um, so I've just said, you got to make those decisions. And, you know, for me, first two years, I didn't make the right decisions. And then the next two years I kind of did my junior, senior year and the results speak for themselves. So, yeah. And now, I mean, at Delaware, we, I went through something similar. Um, we had a lot of guys on the team that would not necessarily always take it seriously. Um, there would be the bar specials, you know, were great on Tuesday, Thursday nights. But we had practice Wednesday and Friday morning, as well as Monday morning um, as well. And it amazes me that people would choose to go out and be out until 1, 2 in the morning when they had to be practice at 5.30. Did you guys have so much of that at IU or not really? I mean, we, I would say... Or did they not last long, those ones that yeah, had that? Yeah, I mean, if you wanted to do that, I mean, you, oh, you were not much. You weren't bought in. No, if you, I mean, if you wanted to go out on a Tuesday night till 2 a.m. every weekend, every week, I mean, that you weren't going to make it. I, I don't know, with very, very, very few exceptions, I think we had people, like one or two people maybe who could do that here and there. Um, and it was just a sacrifice you wanted to be to, to swim for, you know, what ultimately became a, a top five powerhouse team, putting people on the Olympic team, putting people on a national team. Um, it's just a different world and you can't do that. <laughs> it doesn't go hand in hand. So. so it's almost like you realize you're a part of something bigger than just yourself. Um, because ultimately your, your team goals were to win big tens, mm -hmm. which hadn't, you guys hadn't done for a little while while you were there, before you got there, right? Yeah, so uh, Indiana swimming, as, as historically, is a very decorated program. We have uh, six national titles. Um, in you know, the 70s, we put almost the entire United States Olympic team was from Indiana. Uh, Mark Spitz from Indiana, when he won the seven golds, that, he was an Indiana University swimmer. Um, and at one point, I think we won like 25 or something like that, Big Ten titles. 
And then the program really took a fall, you know, kind of fell off a little bit in the 2000s. Um, so up until when I got there, our last Big Ten title was 2006. Uh, I got there in 2013, and then we ended up winning in 2017, my senior year, which was a great feeling, kind of bring the program back to that. Um, right now we've reeled off, yeah, right now we've reeled off three straight as well. Um, so it's kind of a good feeling to see the program kind of make that, yeah, get back to consistent prominence. Um, yeah, it just, just takes some time, a lot of hard work, and uh, all across the board by a lot of people as well. And you found yourself a captain, no? I was, no, I was not. I was okay. not a captain. I wasn't I was sure. Captain, yeah. Um, but still, nonetheless, a, a great career there. What would you say, like, your biggest takeaway um, from swimming? Yeah, was? I mean, so from swimming from a whole and, and, and kind of being an athlete, and this is something I'm, I've been, I am pretty passionate about is, you know, your post-athletic career and what does that look like? And, you know, it's, it's hard. It's something that I certainly struggle with for, you know, a, a while. Um, I just kind of find that next step. And obviously the biggest thing to take away is that, you know, you know, being a student athlete, you know that you can put in the work, right? And you know what it is to sacrifice and, and, and do the kind of like the right thing mentally, you know, make those choices when no one's looking and going above and beyond. Um, and, and that translates very, very well into the real world. Um, so that's something that I would say the biggest takeaways from athletes as a whole and, and swimming in particular is just that conscious decision to do you know the right thing and, and kind of strive for, like that intrinsic motivation, just really strive and push yourself to be better than just kind of the status quo and, and getting by. I like to tell people, um, if I was able to stare at a black line at the bottom of a pool for 20 plus hours a week, I could, I could do anything if I put, put my mind to it. Like, you know how boring that is? You know how boring that is? Just looking, yeah. I guess backstroke, you might be looking at the ceiling, the ceiling a little bit thing, more. Yeah, yeah. Um, but still, nonetheless, you're, it's kind of monotonous, a little boring, but definitely takes some, uh, some discipline there. Um, a few more questions here, though. Is there any advice you have anyone, possibly in high school, that might be on the fence swimming at that next level or whether you're playing sports at that collegiate level yeah yeah absolutely so I think and this is my athletic career side but I think for everybody in sports and whether middle school high school college you know everything across the board professional as well is you got to do what you're passionate about now for me I was passionate about swimming you know, that was the pretty much the only thing I wanted to really do for a long time. Um, I enjoyed it. I loved every second of it. Really challenging, but you know, that's what I wanted to do. So you have to make a decision on what you're passionate about. And if that is music, you know, go do that. If it's math, go do that. If it's chess club, go do it. Whatever it is, you know, do what you were passionate about and what you care for and what makes you happy and gets you up excited and gets you up out of bed excited every single morning. Um, for me, that was, you know, for some reason, going to practice at 5.30 in the morning and working really, really hard and, and dealing, you know, pushing my body to the to max, but that's what I wanted to do. So I would just say, you know, advice-wise, you know, do what you want to go do and, you know, find a way to, to hopefully make a career out of it or take skills that apply for a career outside of it next time. So that's what I would say. I always love the quote, if you do something you love, you'll never work a day in your life. 
Ooh. I wish that was totally true about swimming. There's definitely days where that 5.30 rolled around and you were like, Oh yeah. Screw this. I mean, there's definitely times but. when your alarm goes <laughs> off, you know, at five in the morning and the last thing you want to do is get up out of bed. Um, I, I don't know if I fully buy into that quote. Yeah. Uh, and that's just kind of me personally is work is work. Yeah. I mean, you might love it. And I love, I know I absolutely love what I do now and I, and I loved what I you know, did in swimming, but it was a lot of work and <laughs> there was times I didn't always love it. So, you know, I think when that happens, you got to kind of keep the perspective, but I, I don't know. It's just my keep the long-term goals. Yeah, you keep the long-term goals in mind and, and, yeah. and see what's worth it because it's not always enjoyable. That's for, for sure. So, Yeah, definitely. And, uh, a few more here. Kind of what's one part of your mental approach to swimming in particular mm-hmm. that anyone listening to this, swimmer or non-swimmer, can take away and implement just in their day-to-day life to improve? Yeah, I mean... I think the day to day is you know, for me. I'm I'm a very career oriented person outside the you know now that I'm I'm done and retired. Um, so whether it's in your work world or your your personal life or anything else, you know, I'd say you know be prepared for in, in in your work and career is being prepared for that big meeting. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of strive like taking that next goal, long term goal, and, and setting that goal and really working towards it. Um, and then being prepared for the steps along the way. You know, a lot of times people say, you know, it's a journey, not the end, but which I, I do agree with. I, I do like that. Um, but set goals, whether it's personally, if it's to, to be a better friend to your friends around your group, or to be a better spouse or boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it is, be a better mom, dad, um, you know, or be a better employee, be a better boss, you know, set goals and, and make a plan to go get there and then appreciate the journey and, and that's what I would say for anybody, yeah. Kind of applies to the general spectrum of people. Yeah, it amazes me with our background and now training people, the amount of people that come to me and they're like, I've been doing this and I haven't seen results. Whether it's weight loss, strength gains, whatever it is. As I, I always ask them, well, what was your process? What, what was your, your program looking like? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, I didn't have any. I just kind of like ran a few days a week, biked a few days a week, maybe hit the gym the other yeah, days. It's coming up with a structure. And it's kind of, but coming from our world, it's like, it's crazy to me that you would try to achieve anything without having a process some steps and a structure. process to structure yeah, it that absolutely. way. I mean, I think, you know, the first part of that is setting the goal, but then yeah. what are the steps you need to get to that goal and then defining that process? I think as athletes and you know, that's something that is very clearly spot out for us oftentimes. I think Because you have a coach, though. Because you, you have, have co- someone you have holding people, you accountable yeah. that, and your teammates that are saying, look, Bob, you told me that you want to go this time. Yeah, absolutely. And if you slack off in practice, they could very easily be like, hey, remember you said yeah. you want to win Big Tens this year. Yeah, what I mean, are you doing today to work towards that goal? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, bring you I, back think in. The, I think the biggest piece is, you know, kind of like... We have, as athletes and you know, being younger people in college at that point in time, is we had people whose sole job it was, they you know, made a living for their wife and kids, you know, put food on the table and roof over the head yeah. to give us structure, right? So it's when you're done you that, and when you're outside of it, yeah, of course you do. I mean, you're 20, 18, 19, 20 and your butthead syndrome, right? <laughs> like, um, but once you get out of that structure, you know, how do you provide it for yourself? 
Mm. I think that's one of the things that people really struggle with and you can see all the time with athletes across the board, they do struggle with it. And it is a challenge for that. So I would say that's... I think that's definitely a a topic we can really dive into another day. That would be a whole other hour long or so um, conversation. But how how would these guys find you if they want to, you know, keep up with what you're doing now? Um, Are you present on social media? That kind of stuff? Yeah, absolutely. I mean... I'm not a huge social media guy, not as much as my buddy Corey, but I'm definitely on Instagram, Twitter, um, LinkedIn is probably the best way to kind of stay updated. How many Bob Glovers are on LinkedIn? Probably a few. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, your LinkedIn on uh, social media, I think my, I'm not sure what my name is anymore, but... Uh, I think it's no No love, no love on Instagram. So find (laughs) me there if you if you're interested. (laughs) All right, Bob. Well, you know, thanks for coming on. Uh, It's hard to believe we only met a few months back and come very fast friends since then. So looking forward to continuing friendship and hopefully continuing to have you uh, come back to this. Awesome, love to. All right, peace.